0: The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Begum with you on this Thursday, June 20th, 2019. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, and we're live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, the Chinese president's visiting North Korea and has called for new development in bilateral relations in the new era. China's foreign ministry says a mutually beneficial trade deal between China and the U.S. would meet the expectations of the international community. The U.S. president officially launched his re-election campaign. In business, China's launched an anti-dumping investigation on a kind of synthetic rubber. In sports, action from the Asian Champions League. Entertainment, we have a closer look at Shanghai Film Studios. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. Twelve Chinese academic institutions have made it to the global top 100 in this year's QS World University Rankings. Tsinghua University is China's highest-ranked university on this list, rising to 16th from last year's 17th. Globally, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, was named the world's leading university for a record-breaking eighth consecutive year. Asia's top universities are the Nanyang Technologies University and the National University of Singapore, both in 11th place. The list was first published in 2004 by London-based Higher Education Analyst QS. Universities are measured on academic standing, graduate employability, student and staff ratios, research impact, and internationalization. The contest to become Britain's next prime minister is down to four candidates. Boris Johnson's built on his commanding lead by gaining nearly half of the 313 votes cast by conservative lawmakers in the third round of voting. He's being chased by Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt, Environment Secretary Michael Gove, and Home Secretary Sajid Javid. International Development Secretary Rory Stewart received the fewest votes and dropped out. Two more votes are scheduled for later today to whittle the few down the two. The final two contenders will go to a mail-in ballot of all Conservative Party members nationwide. The winner is due to be announced in late July and will replace Theresa May as party leader and prime minister. A former French president will face trial on charges of corruption and influence peddling. This comes after the country's highest court rejected Nicolas Sarkozy's final bid to have that case dropped. The judges have accused him of having proposed his lawyer's promotion in exchange for tip-offs on an inquiry into allegations that he'd illegally received donations. Sarkozy served as president of France between 2007 and 2012. He's been dogged by a series of investigations into alleged corruption and financial irregularities and the concealment of alleged funding from Libya during his 2012 election campaign. A new United Nations document suggests the number of people fleeing war persecution and conflict hit the highest level in seven decades last year. The annual Global Trends report shows the world's forcibly displaced population exceeded 70 million in 2018, growing by 2.3 million from the previous year. After eight years of war in Syria, its people continue to make up the largest population of forcibly displaced persons at 13 million.
0: For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up to the minute news, in-depth analysis and live streaming videos. Visit
1: China Plus News for your window on China and the world. About four minutes past the hour, the Chinese president has called for new development of relations between China and North Korea in a new era. Xi Jinping made the suggestion in a signed article published in North Korean media ahead of his state visit to the country, slated for today and tomorrow. The visit will be the first by a Chinese head of state in 14 years. Xi Jinping reiterated China's support for Kim Jong-un in leading North Korea to implement the new strategic line and focus on economic development. He also called on both sides to deepen communication and coordination in a bid to make new progress in securing regional peace and stability. A unique class named after a late Chinese leader at a middle school in North Korea is becoming a symbol of the friendship between the two countries. The Mao Zedong class was established in the East Pyongyang Number no. 1 Middle School 6 decades ago, named after the founder of the People's Republic of China. School headmaster Lim Hyunwu woo says the school attaches great importance to developing North Korea-China ties. <laughs>
2: Mao Zedong class is a symbol of China-North Korea friendship, and we are proud of this. The Korean leaders have instructed us to maintain and develop the friendship between China and North Korea. We have been working hard to prepare our students for carrying on the friendship between the two countries.
1: Head teacher Hong Sion-hee explains what they do to help boost bilateral ties.
3: As the head teacher of the Mao Zedong class, I feel great responsibility on my shoulders. We want to pass on the traditional friendship between North Korea and China through the students. So we read the reports of North Korea-China friendship on TV and newspaper every morning to the students. Under the leadership of Kim Jong-un in recent years, North Korea is developing a deeper relationship with China, and we will also teach our students the new spirit of North Korea-China friendship.
1: The Mao Zedong class was established nine years after a class named after Kim Il-sung, the first leader of North Korea, was set at a middle school in Beijing. The two classes have maintained exchanges over the years, passing on the friendship between the two countries. A foreign ministry spokesperson says a mutually beneficial agreement between China and the United States meets the expectations of the international community. Liu Kang made the remarks following a phone conversation between Chinese President Xi Jinping and his U.S. counterpart Donald Trump. He reiterates that talks between the two sides should be built on an equal, mutually beneficial basis.
2: We have stressed many times that the differences between China and the U.S. in the field of economy and trade can be resolved through dialogue and consultation, as long as such dialogue and consultation are based on mutual respect, equality, and mutual benefit. As President Xi Jinping pointed out in his telephone call yesterday, The most important thing in the consultation process is to take care of each other's reasonable concerns in a generally balanced way and find a solution acceptable to both sides. As I said here, which I would like to reiterate again, there is no way out if this principle
1: is violated. The two uh, leaders exchanged views on the ongoing trade friction between the two sides and both expressed hope toward reaching an agreement. And for more on this, CRI's Sui spoke to Zhao Hai, research fellow of the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, and Rick Dunham, the co-director global business journalism program, Tsinghua University.
4: So, Dr. Zhao, first about the telephone conversation between the two presidents. How do you see the timing, and what can we tell from the message?
5: Well, I think the timing is very important and very significant. It is only about 10 days before the G20 meeting in Japan, and the time is getting shorter and shorter, uh, by the day if the two leaders does not have a phone call and prepare for the meeting at G20. So I think uh, after this phone call, we can expect, uh, as President uh, Trump said, an, extend- an extended meeting uh, at the G20. Remember last time uh, at the G20 meeting when the two pres- president met, uh, they had a phone call about a month before. So they had uh, enough time to prepare for that meeting, and that meeting uh, went relatively well. This time, the time is very limited, uh, and the two um, uh, the groups of the negotiators met today. So I think they have only very limited time to talk about the proceedings at the, the next G20. Uh, so this phone call at this moment is very critical. Mm.
4: Professor Dunham, how much can we expect from their meeting on the sidelines of the G20 summit in pushing forward the trade talks?
0: Well, I don't really expect uh, too much from this. I think the most we can expect is that the trade talks get, get back uh, back on track uh, after really nothing happening for, for more than a month, uh, I mean, no progress. Uh, the big problem I see right now is the willingness of the Trump team to negotiate in good faith. Uh, the U.S. trade representative, uh, Robert Lighthizer, was testifying before uh, Congress a day ago, and one thing he said is that the – only thing we know that doesn't work with China is talking. Uh, and you can't solve this trade dispute just through tariffs. You have to talk. And so that's the public posturing of the Trump team uh, before the American people right now. So I think that there's still a lot of tough talk going on, and we need to uh, move from the tough talk and the uh, escalation of tariffs to actually some serious uh, discussions behind behind closed doors.
4: Mm-hmm. Dr. Zhao, how do you see the perspective of the, uh, their meeting in Japan?
0: Uh, I
5: agree with Rick. I think uh, there's very little chance that they will reach any agreement at the G20 meeting. Uh, the best, thing, the case scenario is that uh, two leaders, two top leaders, will agree that the trade negotiation will continue, and they will set the direction and the, and the timeline for the future negotiations. Uh, at this moment, we know that uh, the the two parties are coming into a deep water area, we call it. You know, we have uh, many difficult issues at hand that, at this moment, it's very hard to br- have a breakthrough. Um, as uh, Rick mentioned, that in the uh, testimony, uh, Lighthizer actually talked about uh, what what's uh, at stake here. And at the same time, uh, law the economic advisor to the White House, also said that in the following negotiations, two points are very important. Number one is structural reform in China, and number two is implementation. And precisely because of those two, uh, that we not, we're now in this very difficult situation because China needed a balanced text from this trade negotiation. And without the U.S. making concessions on that front, uh, for me, it's hard to see any solution in the short run.
1: We've heard from Zhao Hai with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences and Rick Dunham from Global Business Journalism Program at Tsinghua University, speaking with Sierra Sui. Foreign ministers of China and the Netherlands say they're willing to work together to promote an open world economy and safeguard the free trade system. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. China thrives on reform and opening up, and the Netherlands
2: upholds free trade. Building an open global economy as a goal we share
1: and improving connectivity is a need we have. The minister has called on both sides to strengthen communication and coordination and seek greater development of bilateral relations. He says China stands ready to boost high-level exchanges with the Netherlands and push for joint efforts to pursue high-quality construction of the Belt and Road Initiative. Dutch Foreign Minister Stef Bloch says his country will work to deepen cooperation with and enhance understanding of China. The Netherlands seeks to work with China on issues like logistics, agriculture and food, climate change and the sustainable
6: development goals. But there's more ground to cover. The Netherlands wants to invest in knowledge about China. We want to explore unknown territory and to get to know you better.
1: Yes, that is, country will provide a level playing field to enterprises of all countries, including China. A bloc is paying a visit to China from Wednesday to Saturday. The Chinese government's reiterated its commitment to openness and shared benefits under the Belt and Road Initiative. The statement comes after a World Bank report said the Belt and Road can help many developing countries with their economic and poverty reduction efforts. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Liu Kang says the report gives a fair view of the Belt and Road's role in facilitating global trade and fueling economic growth. The vision, goal,
2: and cooperation areas of the Belt and Road Initiative accord with the development strategies of many developing countries, and the initiative have made positive contribution to the economic progress and improvement of people's livelihood in those countries. Meanwhile, the cooperation and jointly building the Belt and Road has effectively removed development bottlenecks, such as those in infrastructure, along the line, promoted connectivity, and made important contribution to global trade facilitation and economic growth. We believe the World Bank has given an objective evaluation in this
1: regard. The World Bank report also suggested that policy reforms should increase transparency, expand trade, improve debt sustainability, and mitigate risk. Liu Kang says China's goal is, uh, goals go in the same direction as uh, proposed by the report. An international counterterrorism forum hosted by China's armed police force is underway in Beijing. The forum aims to build a platform for cooperation among different countries to share experience and improve capabilities to effectively handle terrorist incidents and safeguard national security and social stability. Participants are scheduled to attend five seminars, uh, view uh, military training demonstrations, and visit counterterrorism training facilities. They are speaking highly of the arrangements uh, these
7: skills are very particular and I think they we can adapt it with to the Mexican police and I like I like very much I'm interested to listen to the experiences uh, of the other nations it should be in terms of how the bullet flight takes the place while it leaves the barrel. I'm interested to listen to everything.
1: The forums attracted over 240 representatives from the military and police forces of 31 countries. A report by the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences says the country's online sales market has continued to show robust growth this year, with imports from Belt and Road countries and domestic fashion brands being some of the big winners. Siraz Xiaoyi has this report.
7: According to the report from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, online retail sales stood at around 4 trillion yuan in the first five months of this year, up 18% from the same time last year. Li Yongjian is the director of the Internet Finance Lab at the Academy.
1: The rate of growth may not
0: sound so impressive, but China's consumption increased by 1.2 trillion yuan in the first half of the year with around 45.9% of the increase coming from e-commerce, which is a considerable amount.
7: Online retail sales by key enterprises stood at 18%, an increase of around 9% over last year. Sales in this market outpaced sales by department stores, supermarkets and shopping centers. The director of the Big Data Research Department at the online retailer JD.com says that imported products are quite popular among Chinese consumers. From the statistics
4: for Belt and Road products, we can see that these products are quite popular among Chinese consumers, especially those with regional flavors, such as consumables or fresh food. For example, in the first half of 2019, Sales of seafood products from Chile increased by more than 23-fold compared with the same period. In 2016,
7: China's domestic brands have also been strong performers in both online and brick-and-mortar stores, and young customers in particular are searching out China-made brands, especially when it comes to fashion. And brands are responding with innovative new offerings, like the frequencies coming from the first product crossover by the 60-year-old Chinese milk candy brand White Rabbit. It took just 10 minutes for the first 1,400 sales when the new since hit the market. Liu Tao, a research fellow with China's State Council, offers reasons for the boost for local brands.
5: Domestic brands are becoming increasingly popular among consumers because of their technological innovation and quality improvement. In the meantime, by satisfying and guiding consumption demands, Chinese brands have acquired more growth margin, and so there's a sound interaction between enterprise development and industry progress.
7: The number of online shoppers in China topped 610 million people at the end of last year. With 450 million families across the country, this means that there is an average of one online shopper in every family. China's online retail sales have been forecast to reach 10 trillion yuan this year and exceed 12 trillion yuan by next year. For CRI, I'm Xiaoyi. Want
4: to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions and culture. China Plus News Facebook page.
1: Open your eyes to the real China. 19 minutes past the hour. U.S. President Donald Trump is promising to eradicate AIDS in America and to come up with cures to many diseases during his second term. The president ran through a list of promises at his 2020 campaign kickoff rally in Florida.
7: We will protect our Second Amendment. We will push onward with new medical frontiers. We will come up with the cures
1: to many, many problems, to many, many diseases, including cancer and others. And we're getting closer all the time. We will eradicate AIDS in America once and for all, and we're very close. We will lay the foundation for landing American astronauts on the surface of Mars. And above all, we will never stop fighting for the values that hold us together as one America. In the more than 70-minute speech, Trump declared his White House has the only positive vision for the country's future. Trump also pledged a new immigration system, new trade deals, and a health care overhaul. Florida is considered a near-must-win state for Trump to hold on to the White House. Both parties have been mobilizing for a fierce and expensive battle in that state. US lawmakers have held the first congressional hearing in more than a decade on slave reparations. The hearing highlights the debate over whether the US should consider compensation for the descendants of slaves in the United States. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, also a presidential candidate, testified first. And I feel a sense of anger where we are in the United States of America where we have not had direct conversations all about a lot of the root causes of the inequities and the pain and the hurt manifested in economic disparities, manifested in health disparities, manifested in a a criminal justice system that is indeed a form of new Jim Crow. And so we as a nation have not yet truly acknowledged and grappled with racism and white supremacy that has tainted this country's founding and continues to persist in those deep racial disparities and inequalities today. This is a very important hearing. It is historic. It is urgent. The hearing comes amid a growing discussion in the Democratic Party about reparations. Several of the party's presidential candidates have endorsed looking at the idea, but they've stopped short of endorsing direct payouts for African Americans. A United Nations report says that Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi was the victim of a premeditated extrajudicial execution. The UN rapporteur says Saudi Arabia is responsible.
4: Over the year preceding the investigation, the uh, the execution of Mr. Khashoggi, a number of other human rights violations have been uh, documented
0: and have been denounced. There is no way the the leaders of that state, including the Crown Prince, were not aware of those violations. Uh, In fact, there is evidence, credible evidence, pointing to their, their
1: involvement. Agnes Kalamar is suggesting that sanctions be applied against the crown prince and his personal assets. Kalamar concludes there's uh, insufficient evidence to suggest that either Turkey or the United States knew of a real and imminent threat to Khashoggi's life. The rapporteur regards it as a particularly important case for universal jurisdiction because the killing violated a range of international law provisions. The Saudi Minister of State for Foreign Affairs has rejected the report. Experts in the UK's fashion industry joined a group of British lawmakers in slamming the country's government for rejecting a series of proposals at tackling the problem of fast fashion. Low-quality throwaway clothing has uh, been seen as bringing significant environmental problems. CRI's Nella Budalisi reports.
3: At the Cookson and Clegg factory in Blackburn, employees are hot at work making items of clothing. The ironing is done by hand and the stitches are carefully made. The factory manager, Dave O'Kane, said the company tries to minimise the negative impacts their manufacturing has on the environment.
2: We will not do anything here fast fashion. They're Probably the lowest content garment that we would do here at like would be the likes of a T-shirt or something like that. But it's a T-shirt made out of a quality jersey fabric that warn time and time again. Um, it, it's got to be right and it's got to be the way forward. Environmentally, is the way forward as well.
3: But not everyone in the industry is doing as much to protect the environment. Fast fashion has had a huge impact on how quickly people throw clothes away, which is a problem because some chemical dyes used in the fabrics are toxic and can pollute our oceans and rivers. They can also make their way into the food chain. Dr. Patsy Perry is a senior lecturer in fashion marketing at the University of Manchester. It's predominantly low quality because of the cost price. It's predominantly synthetic fibers. Um, so, in terms of production, there
4: may be pollution involved in dyeing and manufacturing and finishing of the fabric. There may be
3: microfibers being released on laundry of the fabric, and then it all becomes a textile waste problem when it's disposed of. Discarded clothes end up in landfill which is why a group of British lawmakers wants the industry to take responsibility for its waste. The UK Environmental Audit Committee assessed the environmental impacts of the fashion industry and came up with a list of 18 proposals. One of them is for a charge of one penny for each garment sold. This would raise £35 British million a year to support initiatives such as clothing recycling. Mary Cray, the chair of the Environmental Audits Committee, says that all of their recommendations were rejected by the government.
0: I'm disappointed and angry that the government has decided to reject my committee's recommendations on how to clean up the fast fashion industry. The Prime Minister last week said she wanted to get to a net zero carbon economy and getting fashion retailers to clean up the mountains of waste clothes that they produce is part of that national action plan. So the government's talking a tough talk, but when it comes to walking the walk, they're passing the buck.
3: Patrick Grant is a fashion designer. He believes that everyone needs to play a role in changing attitudes towards consumption in the fashion industry.
0: We all have a responsibility for changing the way in which we consume product, all of us, producers, consumers. And I think these were first steps towards achieving that principle. And the fact that they've been knocked back at this early stage makes me really very disappointed.
3: Another worry is that the fashion industry is a major producer of wastewater and greenhouse gases. The United Nations European Economic Commission estimates that the fashion industry is responsible for producing 20% of global wastewater and 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. That's more than the emissions of all international flights and maritime shipping combined. For CRI,
1: Dutch police have named three Russians and one Ukrainian as murder suspects in the MH17 Downing. Dutch National Police Chief Wilbert Paulsen.
2: Today, we will send out international arrest warrants for the four suspects that we will prosecute. They will also be placed on national and international wanted lists. And the four persons are Igor Gurkin, Sergei Dobinsky, Oleg Platov, and Leonid Kachenko Suspects Gierkin, Dubinsky, and Platov have the Russian nationality, and our information points to the fact that they currently reside in Russia. Suspect Kachenko has the Ukrainian nationality, and we assume that he resides in eastern Ukraine. They played a
1: crucial part in the armed conflict, and they had important positions, and the video will further explain. All 298 passengers and crew on board the flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur were killed on July 17, 2014, when a missile shattered the Boeing 777 midair. The Russian Foreign Ministry says the accusations are groundless. It's time for a short break on the Beijing Hour, still to come. In business, China's launched an anti-dumping investigation on a kind of synthetic rubber. In sports, action from the Asian Champions League. Entertainment, a closer look at Shanghai Film Studios. Shane Begum with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour.
2: Join the most popular Chinese language learning page on Facebook by searching for CRI Learn Chinese. It's a quick yet fun way to achieve your language goals. Start your free lessons now with unlimited videos, photos, and text tutorials on expressions and Chinese culture. CRI Learn Chinese Facebook page. A World
3: opens with 你好.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigum with you on this Thursday morning. Still to come, in business, record high sales for the 618 Shopping Festival in China. In sports, England tops its group at the Women's World Cup following a win over Japan. In entertainment, three Belt and Road Film Night Awards have been handed out. Get in touch by email, beijinghour at cri.com.cn. On Twitter and Facebook, search for China Plus News. Download the China Plus app or visit chinaplus.cri.cn for the latest news and information from China Radio International. Now checking the day's headline news. The Chinese president's called for new development of relations between China and North Korea in a new era. Xi Jinping made the suggestion in a signed article published in North Korean media ahead of the state visit that he's on, a slated for today and tomorrow. The visit will be the first by Chinese head of state in 14 years. Xi Jinping reiterated China's support for Kim Jong Un in leading North Korea to implement the new strategic line and focus on economic development. He also on both sides to deepen communication and coordination, and a bid to make new progress in securing regional peace and stability. Twelve Chinese academic institutions have made it to the Global Top 100 list in this year's QS World University Rankings. Tsinghua University is China's highest-ranked university on that list, rising to 16th from last year's 17th. Globally, Massachusetts Institute of Technology was named the world's leading university for a record-breaking eighth consecutive year. Asia's top universities are the Nanyang Technological University and the National University of Singapore, tied for 11th place. The list was first published in 2004 by London-based Higher Education Analyst QS. Universities are measured on academic standing, graduate employability, student and staff ratios, research impact, and internationalization. U.S. President Donald Trump's promising to eradicate AIDS in America and to come up with cures to many diseases during his second term. The president ran through a list of promises at his 2020 campaign kickoff rally in Florida. He also pledged a new immigration system, new trade deals, and a health care overhaul. Florida's considered a near-must-win state for Trump to hold on to the White House. Both parties have been mobilizing for a fierce and expensive battle in that state. A revolver, believed to have been used by Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh to kill himself, has been sold at auction. An individual buyer bought the pocket revolver for €130,000 plus taxes. The weapon was discovered in the 1960s in a northern French village, where van Gogh died in 1890. Though it's widely believed the painter committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest, some Pulitzer Prize-winning authors have claimed that he was shot by two teenagers instead. 34 past the hour. Turning to business news now, and we'll start with the closing numbers in North America and Europe. U.S. stocks finished higher on Wednesday after the Federal Reserve held rates steady but indicated that it may cut rates multiple times this year. Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank will look to economic data for confirmation that an interest rate cuts necessary. Powell's cautious sounding words briefly led stocks to pair their gains. The likelihood for a cut at the Fed's July meeting rose to one. 100% following Wednesday's statement compared with 84% earlier in the day. Some investors are worried that a resolution to the U.S.-China trade spat could derail the plans for a rate cut. At the closing bell, the Dow was up by two-tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 gained three-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq rose four-tenths of a percent. European stocks closed mixed on Wednesday in anticipation of the U.S. Fed policy statement. Auto stocks were up one percent. The rally was spurred by news that China and the United States are rekindling trade talks ahead of the G twenty meeting next week. The resumption in trade talks after a lull has uh, also lifted chipmakers. Germany's Siltronic re, uh, recovered nearly five percent after falling sharply on Tuesday. At the closing bell, the UK's FTSE one hundred was down by half a percent, France's CAC forty was up by two tenths of a percent, and Germany's DAX fell by two tenths of a percent. The Chinese Ministry of Commerce says it'll start an anti-dumping investigation into products from the United States, South Korea, and the European Union made from a synthetic rubber known as EPDM. The investigation kicked off on Wednesday and will be concluded by June of next year. EPDM is widely used to make auto parts, wires, cables, and other industrial products. This year's 618 shopping festival has seen another record high sale with China's e-commerce platforms offering special discounts. JD.com witnessed a 65% increase year on year in the first hour of sales. In less than three minutes, the platform achieved a record high of a billion yuan in sales of household appliances. JD.com racked up record transactions of over 200 billion yuan from June 1st to June 18th. Its rival Tmall says trading volumes of hundreds of brands surpassed that of the double 11 shopping gala last year with the highest increase being more than 40 times and with uh, more on this we're joined by cri financial analyst Zhao san good morning morning uh, so first up uh, china leads the world in e-commerce data shows that over 40 percent of the world's e-commerce transactions currently take place in this country that's up from only one percent roughly a decade ago so uh, what is fueling this e-commerce boom here in china
6: Well, I think this bone is uh, uh, part of the uh, bigger picture about uh, the uh, Chinese domestic consumption bone, and uh, e-commerce is part of that. I think uh, the uh, digital payment system like Alipay, Pay, really facilitated uh, e-commerce transactions And uh, the convenience of uh, e-commerce also is uh, especially uh, appealing to young people. I think all these factors contributed to the boom.
1: Well, online retailers see rising demand for intelligent products and automobiles. So with the 5G era approaching, high-speed routers have been selling well. Sales volume for these uh, in the first hour of the day was 27 times that of the same period last year. So uh, what kind of changes do you expect in e-commerce in this new, faster era that's just around the corner?
6: Well, that's hard to predict, but uh, uh, I think uh, the the products that cater to the new economy uh, would do uh, especially well. Uh, So companies need to adapt to the changing technology, especially uh, in the 5G era. And uh, business also need to uh, better cater uh, to the changing taste of the consumers in order to survive.
1: Well, apart from JD.com and Tmall, cross-border e-commerce platforms like Kaula.com set sales records as well. Uh, So what competitive advantages do the cross-border platforms have compared with the domestic ones?
6: Well, the cross-border platforms also cater to the uh, Chinese appetite for imports. Uh, there's been a uh, drive for uh, importing more foreign goods in the past year also, and these platforms can bring the best uh, foreign brands at, the cheap, at a very at really efficient price uh, and introduce those products to domestic consumers so that the domestic consumers would have wider choices and better prices.
1: Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's CRI Financial Analyst at South Sam. and we're at 38 minutes past the hour. Official data shows that China's carbon trading market had a total transaction volume of 6.8 billion yuan by last month. The Chinese Ministry of Ecology and Environment says 310 million tons of carbon dioxide emission quotas were traded. Uh, China piloted carbon emission trading in seven provinces and cities in 2011 to explore market-based projects to control greenhouse gas emissions. A national carbon emission trading market was launched in 2017. China's carbon Dioxide emissions per GDP dropped by 45.8% last year from the 2005 level, a stride toward the goal of meeting the emission peak by 2030. A Chinese biotechnology company says it'll set up a new firm with U.S. biopharmaceutical firm SpringWorks in efforts to combat cancer. Uh, Beijing saw shares rise by 2.2% after the announcement. The company says the new entity, named MapCure, is designed to develop innovative medicines for cancer patients with few or no treatment options. MapCure plans to develop a new drug that could fight colorectal cancer, thyroid cancer, and brain tumors. bgb 3245 was discovered by Beijing scientists and is currently in preclinical development. U.S. agriculture and food company Cargill is expanding its protein production capacity in Chuzhou, Anhui province with an investment of around 50 million U.S. dollars in a new plant. This investment follows the company's $112 million investment in April to expand its corn production plant in Songyuan, Jilin province. The company says the newly added production is expected to continue, rather to contribute, to bring uh, 600 new jobs to the local community.
5: You're listening to The Beijing Hour, 60 Minutes of Comprehensive News, your window on China and the world.
1: 41 past the hour. Turning to sports now, and here's Yang Guang.
4: Thank you, Shane. In the Asian Champions League, Shanghai SAPG drew 1-1 with Sampu Hyundai Motors at home in the first leg of their Round of 16 meeting. Mun Sun Ming gave the visitors the lead less than a minute into the ma- match before Wan Shen Chao leveled the contest with his 40th-minute header. SAPG manager Victor Pereira says a draw in the first leg is acceptable.
2: Football, you have to create, you have to score. Uh, not conceded. We conceded one goal in the first minute and for us uh, it's not uh, easy to get the, the balance again. Okay, But in the end, I think my team uh, had a, a good reaction and uh, we'll see what we can do there. Uh, have to prepare now the next match for the league and after uh, to create, uh, to think about the strategy to, to play
4: there. The two sides meet again next Wednesday for the return leg. Two-time champion Temple will have a slim advantage going into the match, with a crucial away goal in hand. Action from the Women's World Cup. England beat 2011 winner Japan 2-0 to finish on top of Group D, thanks to two goals from Ellen White. They will play a best third-place team in the last 16 with Team China their potential opponent. Japan created a few chances but could not find the decisive touch and finished second in the group. They will now face the winner of Group E, which includes the Netherlands and Canada. Meantime, Scotland is out of the Women's World Cup after a dramatic 3-0 draw with Argentina. Argentina was awarded a penalty in stoppage time when the were w- one goal down. Although the spot kick was blocked by the England goalkeeper, referee ruled it needed to be played again as the keeper had her feet off the la- goal line. Argentina scored from the retake and finished the third in the group with two points. In the Copa America, Brazil had two goals called off and ended up in goalie straw with Venezuela. Referees consulted VR to wipe out scores from Gabriel Jesus at the beginning of second half and Philip continued near the end of the game. Brazil coach Tite says the decisions were all correct and it's his players' poor shooting accuracy that cost them a
7: win. I
2: think it was fair. I think the player was offside and it was foul. And there is nothing to complain. We are missing to be more clinical, to be more efficient, and that to score goals is vital. You must translate all that within what happens in the last third of the pitch,
4: scoring goals and finalising the place. Despite the result, Brazil remains at the top of Group A with four points, tied with the Pro. In a Group B game finished earlier today, Colombia edged the guest team Qatar 1-0 to register two wins from two. And in less than one hour, Argentina will kick off with Paraguay. Argentina opened the Copa America campaign with a surprising two new loss to Colombia, falling to last place in Group B. Another defeat would take them close to elimination before the knockout phase. Spanish national team manager Luis Enrique has stepped down after less than one year in charge. Enrique attributes his resignation to personal reasons. He will be replaced by assistant coach Robert, Robert Moreno. Spanish Football Federation President Luis Rubiales says he appreciates Enrique's efforts and will welcome him back if he wants to return to the position.
2: I need to say thank you to Luis Enrique, a guy who had an outstanding attitude towards the federation. We don't have the slightest complaint. On the contrary, we've learned a lot from him. We've been close, and we still are. I spoke to him a while ago, and I told him the doors of the federation and of the national team will always be open for him.
4: 49-year-old Eric had been absent since March because of a family matter. The former Barcelona manager took over the national team following their exit from the 2018 World Cup in the last 16. He signed a two-year contract through July of next year. German defender Mats Hummels is returning to Borussia Dortmund from league rival Bayern Munich. Dortmund says it has reached an agreement for the transfer, which is to go ahead subject to a medical test. The two clubs agreed to not to release the transfer details. 30-year-old Homos left Dortmund to join Bayern in 2016 and won three Bundesliga titles with them. Before that, he had been with Dortmund for eight years and won two league titles. Dortmund had a chance to win the Bundesliga last season but was overtaken by Bayern and finished 2 points behind. They have spent over 120 million euros on new signings this off-season. The International Olympic Committee has proposed to run the boxing competition at the Tokyo Olympics next year without the suspended International Boxing Federation Aiba. If approved, the plan will deny Aiba its expected $17.5 million share of Tokyo Games commercial revenue and cut off the 2019 World Championships in Russia as a qualifying path. IOC sports director Keith McConnell.
0: It's with confidence that planning is moving forward for boxing in Tokyo. That uh, they can now plan with their national federations and their NOCs their timing of their own preparations and their their, their participation
4: in those qualification events. The IOC board had suggested that AIBA be excluded after investigations on its finances, governance, and the integrity of judging and refereeing in Olympic bouts. On Wednesday, the IOC also reviewed plans to almost treble the number of women boxers participating to 100, up from 36. Meantime, the eight men's weight classes are reduced to six, with the two women's classes added to make five. The decisions plus a number of other reviewed in Lausanne will need to be ratified by an IOC session at the same venue next week. In basketball, the Chinese national team beat Australia's NBL United 89-77 in the first stop of the International Basketball Challenge in Qingdao. It's the first match of the Chinese team this year as they are preparing for the World Cup in August. Chinese centre Wang Zhilin dominated the paint to score a game-high 31 points and guard Feng Shuo added 20. China's next two warm-up games will be played tomorrow and Sunday. In women's volleyball, Team China earned their second straight win at the Nations League Ningbo Series with a commanding 3-0 victory over Bulgaria. Captain Zhu Ting returned to the court after missing the opening game and scored a game-high 15 points. In the other match, Germany beat Serbia 3-1. In Major League Baseball, all 30 teams are in action today with one doubleheader on the schedule. Shane, what can you tell us?
1: The Philadelphia Phillies and Washington Nationals will see each other twice today in the U.S. Capitol. In the first game, early this morning Beijing time, the home team took a 6-2 victory. Game 2 is now underway. Elsewhere, the New York Yankees continue to roll these days after acquiring the American League home run leader from the Seattle Mariners. Edwin Encarnacion was held to a single, but his team beat the Tampa Bay Rays 12-1. Uh, the Yankees have swept the three-game series against the Rays, extending their lead in the American League East. Uh, the Reds have beat the Astros 3-2 earlier today. Other highlights include the Mets at the Braves. That game's now underway. Among the next group of games starting in a few minutes, the Boston Red Sox are visiting the Minnesota Twins. The late game today has the San Francisco Giants in Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers.
0: Chinaplus.cri.cn is your home for everything you want to know about China The latest news in China and everything China-related from around the world Everything in focus all in one place Bringing you vital information for your business and travel Chinese culture, language learning and more Chinaplus.cri.cn Chinaplus.cri.cn Your portal into today's Middle Kingdom
5: What matters to China increasingly matters to the world. Keep up to date with the latest news and events about the Middle Kingdom with the China Plus app. Up to the minute reports, live streaming audio, insightful opinion on everything China related. Facts, figures and language learning resources at your fingertips. Everything in focus all in one place. Search for China Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
1: 49 minutes past the hour now. Turning to entertainment news. The Belt and Road Film Night was held at the Walt Disney Grand Theater in Shanghai last night. It's the awards ceremony for the Belt and Road Film Week. The theme of the film week is The Light and Life. 24 films from 24 countries have been shown. Eight films were nominated for awards. The Audience Choice Award, the Media Choice Award for Film, and the Media Choice Award for Filmmakers. The Media Choice for Filmmakers went to the Hungarian director of Genesis and Chinese director, Wang Li Na for her, her, her film The First Farewell. Wang talked about that film in her acceptance speech.
2: The film is a poem I dedicated to my hometown and childhood. The children in the play and I are all derived from their land. So when I was shooting the film, I hope that I can present as authentically as possible the impression of nature and the imprint of time.
1: Media choice for film went to Crystal Swan from Belarus. Russian film The Sun Above Me Never Sets took home both Media Choice for Film and Audience Choice Award. Uh, Through the medium of film, the event aims to strengthen exchanges and cooperation between countries in production, co-production and distribution of films. Director Gao Xixi's latest film, Advance, Wave Upon Wave, got some promotion at the ongoing Shanghai International Film Festival before hitting theaters tomorrow. Gao spoke about the new work as he walked the red carpet at the festival's opening day. My film is based
2: on a true story about all eight children of a family that sacrificed their lives on the battlefield.
1: We tried our best to restore those characters, The emotions as well as their relationship. Advance Wave Upon Wave tells a story about an ordinary mother in Jiangxi province who sent all eight of her sons to join the Chinese People's Liberation Army in the 1930s and all of them died. The film was produced to mark the 70th anniversary of the establishment of the People's Republic of China. The Fourth Wall premiered in Shanghai on Wednesday. It's one of the nominees for Best Film and Best uh, Screenplay at this year's Asian New Talent Awards. The film centers on a girl who isolates herself from the outside world by working alone at a deer breeding farm. Uh, She lives in a tale of suppressed memories and parallel worlds. Six films have been shortlisted for this year's New Asian Talent Film Prize. Three titles are from China, the other from overseas. Uh, The awards will be handed out on Friday. The 22nd Shanghai International Film Festival is ongoing, with the city uh, being the cradle of Chinese films. Shanghai Film Studio was officially established on November the 16th of 1949 and is responsible for creating many classic films and characters along the way. For the past 70 years, Shanghai Film Studio has produced over 800 feature films and over 300 TV series. It's now being uh, upgraded from a film production studio to a modern film group with a complete industry chain. Good news for Muggles. They'll now get a chance to cast their own spells. Harry Potter Wizards Unite, the much-anticipated augmented reality mobile game by Niantic, is uh, being released. Gamers play as a Statute of Secrecy Task Force new recruit, helping to solve the mystery of the calamity. Uh, Through the power of augmented reality, they're able to explore their real-world neighborhoods and cities, discovering mysterious artifacts, casting spells, and encountering fantastic beasts and Characters along the way. Miantic CEO John Hank explains how AR is used in the game. This game innovates and goes to the next level in a few different ways. Um, I think when you
4: first see the map of the game, you'll see that there's a lot going on in the map, a lot of different types of um, buildings and locations that you can visit, a lot of things happening on the map. Um, The augmented reality, when you enter a magical encounter, it's next-generation AR with a full 360-degree view of these incredible characters and creatures and artifacts from the Harry Potter universe. Um, So it's definitely kind of the most advanced AR experience um, today
1: well, harry potter wizards unite officially launches tomorrow country singer cody johnson signed a deal with warner music nashville in a 50 50 partnership with his own imprint called kojo music last year johnson was determined to wait to find a major label deal that gave him creative control including choosing his own producer choosing which song gets recorded owning his own publishing and even deciding on how he dressed his single and album are now out Netflix's first Arabic original has caused controversy in Jordan. Uh, By global Netflix standards, its first original Arabic series, *Jinn*, hardly pushes the envelope. When the show debuted worldwide last week, Jordanians were shocked and appalled. Jordan's Grand Mufti denounced it as a moral degradation. The attorney general demanded that it be pulled from Netflix. The five-episode thriller centers on a private school in Amman, a bubble of liberalism and privilege in the country. School Buses cart the teenagers off to a wide-open desert haunted by ancient demons that make strange and terrifying things happen. Despite the firestorm, Netflix is announcing that its second Middle Eastern original, Al-Rawabi School for Girls, will launch later this year. To celebrate National Martini Day on Wednesday, some of London's finest bartenders and most skilled mixologists have been showing off their innovative and classic takes on the popular cocktail. Grey Goose Global Ambassador Joe McAnta says it's a day to celebrate martinis and the bartender's skills.
2: World Martini Day started, I, I think, five or six years ago, to my knowledge, um, but it only really recently is, has become a bigger and bigger event each year, and it's a great time to stop and look at one of the world's most iconic cocktails and celebrate it. You know, it's a, it's a cocktail that uh, has inspired books, and inspired
4: films. You know, some of the the world's best bartenders pride themselves on how they make their martini cocktail and.
1: And The day uh, couldn't end without uh, asking the question every martini drinker wants to know. Should they ask for it uh, shaken or stirred? Uh, McCantus says if you're going to drink your martini fast like James Bond, you should have it shaken because it uh, cools more quickly. If you uh, want it uh, to have a longer lasting cold, have it stirred. 56 minutes past the hour now. Beijing is going to be cloudy, 36 degrees Celsius today. Overnight temperature is around 23. Chongqing's overcast in 31, a low of 25. Lhasa will have showers in 25, a low of 13. Lanzhou's cloudy in 28, a low of 18. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad will be cloudy in 37. Kabul is going to get a slight rain in 25. Over to North America, Washington, D.C., will see slight rain in 31 Celsius. In Africa, Nairobi will have a moderate rainfall in 23 compared is getting heavy rain in 25 that's it for this edition of the beijing hour making news this morning the chinese president's visiting north korea and it's called for new development in bilateral relations in the new era on behalf of the staff shane Begum in the chinese capital hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the beijing hour and open a window to the world together